Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to Aboriginal elders emerging. Hi friends, we're going to be asking you for true crime book reviews for our weekly newsletter shortly, so can you please start having a think about that? Just like about 100 words-ish about good and bad books because we're always looking for book recommendations, aren't we? I mean, I am. And also Emily's books are about to be on sale again, so we thought this is a nice way of celebrating that. Just tell us about true crime books that you've read, old ones, new ones... And we'll put you and what you reckon in the weekly newsletter. I think it'd be fun to feature our listeners in the newsletter. Send a photo if you want. That'd be fun. I love that stuff. Okay, also I love these guys. Thank you. These are our new patrons. They get their exclusive new episode this week and I hope you love it. Imagine if your dad went to Pentridge for killing someone and all of the things that go with that. Angela Batchelor, James Savage, Grace Horton, Megan Roderick. Or is it Megan? See, I'm flash now because of the princess. I say Megan. I've always said Megan. Meryn Hawking, Linda Lewis, Jade, just Jade. Nicole Simpson, Shannon Glover, Sharon Meredith, Melina Chalmers, Ashley Sandwith, not Sandwich, Sandwith, 
Melanie, Amanda Panitz, Kira, Katie Abdullah, gosh, that's a good one, Abdullah, Matt Adensall, Linda Anderson, Jenny Brooker, Megan Owens, another Megan. Okay, Megans and assorted others, let's get on with the show. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. Being in this position does sort of ruin a little bit, um, for me anyway, the kind of excitement of having a child, I think, because you have this respect that, you know, it could, you know, eventually come to an end sort of thing. So there is a little bit of angst. I guess that comes along with going through something like this is you have a, an appreciation that it can certainly happen again. It can happen at any point. So I definitely, um, yeah, that hangs a bit heavy. It's National Missing Persons Week in Australia and those of you who follow us on social media will have seen a post about Donnie Govan, who disappeared in 2012 when he was 16 years old. 38,000 Australians are reported missing every year. The vast majority of them are located within a week or two. But over the years, we've discussed many homicides on Australian true crime that began as missing persons cases. Narelle Fraser worked in missing persons before moving across to homicide and the two squads still work closely together in Victoria. Such is the frequency with which the cases tend to cross over. This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. You can't really look at a missing persons case without at least considering it through the crime filter, even when the last person to see your little brother alive was your sister. That was the scenario that confronted Jacinta Jackson when her brother Donnie disappeared from a camping trip seven years ago, and she joins us in this episode to talk about it. We begin by learning a bit about their family. So there's seven children. And where do you come in the pecking order? I am the third youngest. Donnie is um, just, he's the youngest below me. Okay, so he was six? Yep, so he's six, yeah, and then we've got a younger brother. Timmy. Timmy. Yeah. Timmy. <laughs> we still call him Timmy. He's like, call me Tim, whatever. <laughs> my sister and I still call my brother Petey Poops. Yeah. And he is 39. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Tell us about your childhood. Was it, you know, seven kids? I imagine there was three of us and that was pretty fun. Yeah. But I imagine fun, noisy. Yeah, there definitely was. It was uh, pretty, like, chaotic, I think, um, for majority of the time. Um, and for mum and dad, it was just kind of like get through each day and we all oh, survive gosh, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, a triumph for, for us. And, yeah, we all really enjoyed each other's company. Um, we all got along really well. Um, we fought like cat and mouse, but definitely, you know, there was a camaraderie mm. between us all, yeah, and we all looked after each other really well. Big families stick together, don't they? They're yeah, very they territorial do. and they kind of... If- Someone's giving someone hell. Yeah. They like step in. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of us, or lots of older siblings, I guess, to kind of give good guidance and lots of us to push the boundaries and get pulled back in. And someone told yeah. me once after you've had about four kids, then the older ones raise the younger ones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you've got one baby at the moment, Oscar, who's here. Yep. We can hear him every Adorable. now and then. 
I mean, are you going for seven or? I think, you know, initially I was said to Mike, oh, maybe we'll go for five. Like, I feel like five's a nice number, but now I'm like, we'll get through one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And once we're kind of comfortable with him and, you know, we know we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> think about a second. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, oh, little Oscar's got a bit of a cough. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I feel like having Oscar is um, really sort of put into perspective, I think, the loss that you would feel, mm. yeah, in losing um, a child. I think it kind of, it does sort of, like being in this um, position does sort of ruin a little bit, um, for me anyway, the kind of excitement of having a child, I think, because you have this respect that, you know, it could, you know, eventually come to an end sort of thing. So there is a little bit of angst, I guess, that comes along with going through something like this is you have a, an appreciation that it can certainly happen again. It can happen at any point. So I definitely, um, yeah, that hangs a bit heavy in my relationship, yeah, that I have with Oscar, unfortunately. But, you know, maybe, I'll, yeah, that might come around one day and I might just, yeah. Were you always this emotional when you talked about Donnie? I mean, it was only 2012, August the 31st, 2012, when Donnie went camping, right? Yeah. I feel like um, as impossible as it may seem, I am kind of getting a bit more able to deal with the emotion and be a bit more emotionally aware um, in these situations and I feel like I'm certainly more able to compose myself now as compared to what I was when he initially went missing. I was just wondering if having a child made you more emotional, more emotional or, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a tough one. I feel like I can certainly appreciate the situation more, um, but I feel like I'm probably a bit able to control my emotions a bit more because I have something new to focus on and something a bit more positive, I think, yeah, to focus on. So can you tell us about what happened from your perspective in, in 2012, coming up to the, the anniversary, I guess, seven years ago? Yeah, so next month, mm. probably seven years. So he left um, to go to Wachuga camping with my sister um, and four other people on the Friday night. So they left pretty late in the evening and they arrive in Wachuga. It's about a four-hour drive. Um, so the Friday night they had had a few drinks together Rachel had, funnily enough, only taken one tent um, and Donnie kind of refused to share a tent with his big sister. <laughs> um, so Rachel said, all right, well, you sleep in the car, I'll take the tent. So eventually Rachel went to sleep. Um, at about 1am, she woke to hear a small disturbance between Donnie and the other campers. So she come out of the tent um, to find sort of Donnie arguing with them. Donnie thought the other campers were going to hurt him. So the other campers had sticks and marshmallows, so they were roasting marshmallows in the campfire and um, Donnie's presumption was that they were going to hurt him with the sticks. So Rachel was able to calm Donnie out of that situation and just kind of put him in the car and said, go to bed. Um, at that point, Donnie wanted to leave, um, but Rachel had been drinking, so she denied him that. 
Um, anyway, so he went to he went to bed in the car and then woke up the next morning and he was totally fine, like nothing had even happened. Yeah, despite the fact that it would have been a really awkward situation, it was kind of like it never happened for Donnie. Was it like was it because he had a few drinks or did he had he ever had that kind of thing happen where he kind of just thought something was going to happen and it wasn't really reality? Yeah, so not to us there was nothing sort of that indicated he'd ever behave like that or that he ever would behave like that. He sounds stoned to me. I know I'm not the only, I can't be the only listener who thinks, has he been smoking pot? He sounds really stoned. Yeah, so he had been smoking marijuana. Okay. Yeah, yeah. as well as drinking, yeah. 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 Um, So anyway, so that morning um, Donnie was totally fine. Rachel had asked him what, you know, had happened last night and he just, he was honest and said, oh, you know, I thought they were going to hurt me. You know, I, I don't know why. But it doesn't matter, whatever. He just sort of blew it off um, and kind of forgot about it, I guess. So that day they were doing what campers would do. They were in little dinghies on the river, um, you know, sort of playing, collecting sticks and stuff for the fire, um, kicking the footy together, Donnie and all, you know, the other campers and everything. Um, And then nighttime fell again eventually. So as night dawned, Donnie again started to act a little bit paranoid. Um, again, he'd been drinking throughout the day and had smoked marijuana. Um, so, again, probably a bad mix. Um, so he, yeah, just kind of got his back up a little bit um, and just kind of accused the other campers of wanting to hurt him. Mm. Um, so this was around 7.30, 8 o'clock um, by this time when Donnie kind of demanded that he be taken home away from, you know, this area and the campers. Um, and, again, Rachel had been drinking she couldn't drive, you know, so she refused him again. So he started sort of packing stuff into the car and was just sure that I'm going home, whatever, I don't care, I'm going home, see you later. Um, and Rachel, had, you know, put her back up and said, you're not, you know, you're not driving, no one's driving you home, we'll go in the morning. And that's when he kind of threw his arms up in the air and just ran off um, down a dirt road. And he got about 100 metres before another camper started to chase him down <clears throat> to bring him back um, and then he shot off to the left-hand side which was into dense bush shrub. Yeah, so the camper followed him for sort of as long as he could but it was dark by this point, really dense bush um, and then, yeah, they'd lost Donnie and that was sort of the last time anybody has seen him. A woman in Pakenham contacted police claiming that she had seen Donnie and provided him with breakfast on the Sunday morning. How reliable did you think that sighting was? Did you think that was Donnie? Yeah, so there's a few things that give us really mixed signals um, in that case. So logistically, to get to this woman's house was about a 10k um, walk if you went directly to the house. To do that, you would have to go through really dense bush and then eventually cross through the Murray River. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So she said that this boy was dry. She had also said to the police, which wasn't released in the media, that this boy had a black earring in, which Donnie had. Wow. Yeah. Um, she said he was really polite um, and courteous and everything like that, which to us really resonates as being Donnie. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but otherwise, a few things that this boy had said to her kind of resonated that it might have been Donnie. Um, He said that, you know, he had a younger brother. Um, He was walking to Bendigo. He didn't have a mother, which to us, 
we could kind of accept that as something Donnie would say um, with our mum. Unfortunately, we had a brother pass away uh, when Donnie was about six. So our eldest brother, Daniel, um, had passed away, uh, which I'll come back to. I think that's quite important in Donnie's story. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, in relation to mum and Donnie's relationship, after Daniel had passed away, we probably feel like mum wasn't sort of capable to deal with that um, in retrospect to having seven children. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie was quite close with Daniel and they were really similar. So in a way, I guess it's kind of understandable and we kind of accept the fact that mum, she kind of gave up a little bit on trying to have a relationship with children, I guess, going through this huge trauma Mm. um, and everything like that. It was all probably a bit too much for her. So her and Donnie, for probably a multitude of reasons, including those, didn't quite see eye to eye very often. Yeah. Oh, the poor things. That is such a massive trauma for both of them. Yeah, definitely. you know, someone they both loved very much, uh, they lost, and so they just weren't able to grieve together in the same way. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think... Probably Donnie particularly never really was able to express just how much it affected him. He wasn't he never sort of received, I guess, the assistance that he probably really could have used at that point in time. Mm. So I think he carried that along with him um, and will continue to do so if he is still around. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, isn't it? So you um, have this um, unresolved grief. Is that what it's called? That's the official terminology? Yeah, I guess yeah. so, yeah. Because you're in this club now, right? Yeah. 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 And I know from meeting Lauren O'Keefe, of course, who runs MPAN, the yeah. Missing Persons Advocacy Network, which she invented because when she couldn't find her brother... Yeah. Dan and she just realized there's just no there's no group there's no resources there's no one to tell you what to do yeah there definitely is so she invented one yeah she invented a group yeah incredible yeah she is incredible yeah through her I've learnt that there are there is terminology for what you guys are living through yeah I feel like from reading other stories and meeting other families in similar situations I think as individuals, everybody deals with it really differently. Mm. Everybody goes through such different emotions at different times. Yes. I know for myself, looking back to almost seven years ago to where I am now, the way I feel about it, the emotions that I you know, feel, the way I think about it are just two completely different worlds, yeah. How old were you when Donnie went missing? Um, I was just shy of being 18. So really, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so I was really 17, yeah, yeah. And when did, it, when did it start to, when did everyone start to panic, yeah. basically, when he went off? When did it all start rolling with looking for him? Yeah. So just after Donnie had run off, um, they were just kind of like, oh, he'll come back, you know, he's just going to go off, calm down, probably realise he's been a bit stupid and he's going to come back. So it was three hours after he had run off, um, after they had kind of done their own little searches and gone through a couple of drives and everything that they phoned the police. Um, the police come down and just, you know, had a, a little look around and did what they kind of could in those conditions. It was absolutely freezing and it was pitch black. 
that night. So they just said they'll come back in the morning and Rachel, our sister who was with him, was just to give them a call should he return. Yeah, so Rachel didn't kind of mention anything to us again. She thought, oh, he's going to come back. We won't worry anybody. So it was around 6 in the morning the next day. This is the Sunday morning um, that Rachel had called just to let us know that that had happened. She reassured us, though, you know, the police are coming back. He's, you know, he's he'll be here, whatever. So it was probably midday. Uh, Rachel, we had been back and forth on the phone and Rachel had kind of let on that the search was getting a bit bigger and bigger and had become a bit more serious in the police eyes. Yeah, so it kind of wasn't until she had said to us that they have brought in police divers that it kind of dawned on me that perhaps they're not looking for Donnie being alive anymore. Some purists among you may still be wondering why this conversation is happening on a true crime podcast. Well, I promise we'll answer that question after the break. Coming up on Australian True Crime, Jacinta is the first guest who's ever taken me up on the offer I make to every guest, which is to call me if they ever think of something later, like when they get home, that they want to add. She did call me to add in a few things, including a story about a stranger doing something so mean to her family. It made me think if I was her mum, it might have actually pushed me over the edge. It's possibly the worst thing I've ever heard of anyone doing to another person. So that's coming up after the main bit of this episode. Don't switch off too early. But first, we have to ask the obvious question about Donnie's disappearance. At any point, did anybody voice to you, in front of you, a suspicion that he had met with foul play at the hands of the other campers? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there was even... There was media who had kind of put that to us throughout some interviews. Because when he goes away with a group of people and then they say, ah, he ran away, we don't know. Yeah. Oh, he fought with us and was paranoid and ran away. Yeah, it seems all too easy, yeah. Um, I think even for somebody like myself who's got an avid interest in crime, it definitely crosses your mind, you know, yourself without... Um, anybody putting that in there, mm. um, along with um, other, you know, there was media, there was definitely an abundance of people on social media sort of accusing the group. Mm. Um, and there was also definitely the police um, questioning their motives for taking him camping mm. um, and for, you know, yeah, perhaps sort of swaying the idea that they had taken him with malicious intent, Yeah. And even though your sister is there, which, you know, common sense would suggest means that that probably didn't happen. But then who knows? Nobody knows. Sometimes families, stuff happens. Yeah. But, again, people then can have a tendency to look at you like you're being a bit naive when you yep. don't believe that stuff, don't they? They can they can it be a bit it's like the Rostevsky case. Do you remember how everyone was kind of looking at Karen Rostevsky's daughter for yeah. months going, Oh God. Yeah. She just won't accept what's so obvious to everyone else. You know, did were you getting those sorts of looks sometimes from people? Yeah. Did you feel definitely. that? Yeah. There was actually a particular group on Facebook at the time, just a small group of people actually who had contacted me 
And at this time, I was just, it's so traumatic. Mm. Um, and you just kind of, you're trying so hard to have a level head. Mm. And so when people are kind of like, hey, have you thought of this? And have you actually, you know, checked this out yourself? It definitely, you're just kind of like, oh, that's actually my responsibility now. I should definitely check that. So there was, you know, certainly moments in time there when uh, I did kind of delve into the idea that possibly that happened and what should I be looking for should that be the case. Um, yeah, and you do kind of pose questions to to my sister even. Oh, um, that would have been really hard. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um I was the one who suggested that Donnie go camping. Um, oh. And I so I put it to Rachel and I put it to Donnie. So this would be a really cool idea, whatever. Um, and I was kind of the reason that Donnie had left his phone and his wallet at home. Um, I was driving on my learners and we'd taken a highway and I, he just realised he forgot it. I didn't want to turn around. So I can kind of be assured that for those particular, you know, things there, that was not of Rachel's doing or yeah. any of the campers. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else concocted a conspiracy to, yeah, to get to him take there. Him. Yeah, definitely. Without yeah. his phone. Yeah. So you know that for sure. Yeah. What, I mean, how, how does your relationship with your sister survive that conversation? I think Rachel is one of the strongest women that I know even before this, um, she has always been so sort of solid in herself and she kind of raised us from children. So I have this beautiful respect for her and I think she has the same um, for myself. Yeah, so I feel like in those really tense conversations um, there was sort of an empathetic understanding that these things will be asked and they need to be asked and, yeah, truthfully answered. Yeah. And she probably had already had those conversations with police, right? Because they must have formally had to eliminate her and the other campers. Yeah. Yeah. So she'd been through been through all the sort of conversations herself. So I guess in a way she probably expected it. <clears throat> um, and yeah, she was definitely able to answer for herself and yeah. Mm. Yep. And in some families or in, you know, families, you do have those robust conversations with each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I sent some, do you feel, do you carry a lot of weight about suggesting that? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Camping and mm. all that because that's what I'm feeling when we're hearing you. Yeah, so it is something, again, that I hold really heavy. It's just, it's such a simple thing and it just, it was a split second sort of thought and you just think, oh, I would just give absolutely anything to just take that back, you know, yeah. <clears throat> such yeah. a, it's such a, you know, it's a nice, it's a, it's a lovely thought to suggest that your sister and your brother go away camping, do you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's you know, it's just yeah, shows you the twists and turns of life, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah, something I think. I'll never forget um, as something I hope Donny can forgive me for if he, you know, was to blame me for anything. I really hope that he would understand that, you know, it was something I thought it would be exciting for him and get him out of the house and away from mum and, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go and enjoy himself. And it was, you know, really lighthearted and, um, yeah, so it is definitely something that I regret. It's definitely something that has swayed me suggesting people to do you know fun yeah. things um since yeah and it will probably sway me I think forever a little bit yeah so what was going on in his world why why did you feel like you know he needed a break and needed a weekend camping with his sister why did you want him to get out of the house so Donnie was this really fun bubbly person um and he loved this Aussie hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So whenever you'd go um, over to mum's house, you would kind of hear the music from the room. Um, and it was kind of happening more often. Um, and he would kind of stay in his room a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of enjoy, enjoyed his own company um, in doing so. So it was kind of, mm-hmm. we were kind of under the impression that perhaps there's something going on that Donnie hasn't, you know, spoken about. Perhaps it's something to do with the passing of Daniel. Yes, yeah, so we were kind of thinking of ways to get him out of the house and just having a bit more fun and um, socialising. Yeah, so he's becoming introspective yeah. and withdrawing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. And at his age that is a warning sign, isn't it, a mental health warning sign? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And he was smoking marijuana at the time and um, perhaps in hindsight, he might have been self-medicating. Yeah, and again, like he never sort of spoke about any of his emotions or anything. He was, you know, this 16-year-old kid that's going to take on the world essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as his bigger sisters, we were just kind of looking out for him. And Can I ask how Dan died? Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel. so Daniel unfortunately had a drug overdose. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that's so hard. Yeah. Stay oh. stay off drugs, kids. Yes, that's so difficult. Yeah. God, how annoying. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. Oh. Yeah. It's just, it's such a waste of life. Yeah. And again, it's just one of those split second mm. decisions that, yeah, just, yeah. Yep. 
ruins lives, yeah. And really hard to ever get over. Yeah. it's so frustrating. As stupid as that sounds, it's just really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. You wish you could just kind of – it's one of those things you just want to shake people and say, you know, what are you doing? Like, yeah. It's just so not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I feel like for mum, after the loss of Daniel, her first child – I feel like she kind of gave up, gave up a little bit. Um, in, I can understand that. Yeah, um, in trying to sort of build too much of a relationship with um, us as her kids. Well, um, it's interesting because you just said earlier that you feel as though Donnie's disappearance has has a sort of a shadow over your relationship with Oscar. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. I, so I kind maybe of keep it in the back of my mind that you know one day this could all be taken away from me. So do you think she had a similar then boundary between herself and the rest of you kids after she lost Daniel? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. She's sort of a bit standoffish because she didn't want to feel that pain again. Yeah. Um, so that's something she's kind of made pretty clear to us that that trauma in her life has affected her ability to mother mm. um, and the ability to sort of nurture and love and be loved yeah so mum has been on and off quite sort of heavily um, medicated um, since Daniel and very much so since Donnie Mm. Um, and I guess she's experimented with different things to try and get her through Um, and I think as her kids we've kind of accepted to love her as she is and wholeheartedly except, you know, her for how she kind of deals with things. Um, yeah, so her relationship with us kids has definitely been <clears throat> pushed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually quite beautiful how you just described that, just <laughs> that you wholeheartedly accept yeah. your mum. It's, I don't know, it's, it's really touched me. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> don't you cry, I'll oh, cry. It's beautiful. If we were angry at her, <laughs> um, it's just another sort of thing, you know, you've got to deal with in life and mm. I think, yeah, if we can just kind of, yeah, like just you. accept each other and... Yeah. It's very compassionate. Yeah. Because, you know... Yeah, yeah we mom. respect what she's been through and... And she must have done a really great job before these tragedies befell your family. She's obviously raised great kids Mm. and also in and amongst it she has these compassionate children yeah these beautiful kids so somewhere somehow yeah right (laughs) yeah she got it right yeah she really did she's raised some great kids yeah what about your dad how does your dad fit into all this interesting that there's been no mention of him yeah (laughs) which you know is is very telling in its way he's an extrovert i think with people that he feels comfortable with um but otherwise he does kind of enjoy his own company. How does he go emotionally? Has he picked up yeah. the slack while mum has needed to sort of withdraw? You know, has he been in to that yeah. emotional space or how uh, Unfortunately he not, yeah. So dad, much like mum, has sort of dealt with this really internally. Remember I told you before how Jacinta was the first person who'd ever called me later to add something to the interview? Well, I was thrilled, and here are the things. 
First is a cool quote from Andrew Rule that helped her see the situation differently, which of course we love because we dote on Andrew Rule on this show. The second is a story about someone faking her family out that will make you so mad. But then the third thing Jacinta wanted to add is a really gorgeous childhood story about Donnie that will definitely leave you smiling. And that is what Jacinta wanted to do. So we'll begin with the story from Andrew Rule's podcast, Life and Crimes. Yeah, so he was talking about yeah a couple um, who had um, broken into a waterway and yeah, they were presumed drowned. Mm. Um, so I guess he sort of went into a bit of detail um, as to how it's scientifically possible um, for people to drown and never surface. Mm. Um, so for us, that obviously... Yeah, grab my attention, and I'm not sure if it's applicable to Donnie's circumstance. Um, it had to do with the water temperature and um, etc. Um, so he just kind of went on to say um, that this, the family of this missing couple, had never really accepted um, the fact that they had just simply drowned. He went on to say that you know they thought they had met with foul play um, and just other things like that. Um, but yeah, so he quoted in the sentence that really grabbed me and I had actually never thought of this before from an outsider's perspective. You know, people always say, why would you not believe he's drowned? But anyway, Mm. um, and I'll quote, he said, they want a dramatic explanation that matches the loss and drama that they feel and they don't seem satisfied with a mundane answer. Mm. Um, so yeah, from an outsider's perspective, I had never really heard that, I don't think, or maybe I did hear it and it just went over me for some reason. But I do kind of feel like this is a bit applicable in Donnie's case. Um, And I guess to elaborate a little bit um, on, you know, why I think it is, it does sort of seem a bit impossible that like such a simple and quick and absolute end to Donnie's life could kind of evolve into this really painful, confusing and drawn out seven years for us. Mm. Yeah, it's really, it's just hard to fathom that like such a simple explanation gives reason to everything that has kind of led to this for us. It would actually be kind of relieving, Mm. I think, in a sense to be like, okay, he has drowned, he's he's moved on, you know, that's it. We don't need to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Um, But I think, yeah, until you do, until it's sort of, proven beyond reasonable doubt, it is really hard to just kind of accept such a simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Ambiguous loss. The ambiguity is the pain. How can you when there's a possibility that's not the truth? Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, until, yeah, we have factual evidence and everything like that, it kind of seems like taking the easy way out. Yeah. To just say, oh, you know, he's drowned. We don't need to look for him anymore. We're never going to find him. Nice knowing you sort of thing. Oh. That's what it would it would feel like a cop out, I think, um, if we accepted that. And then, like, even just to accept that, it still seems like we need to find him to, you know, to give him a service and to formally say goodbye to him. Mm. Yeah, even just to know that he he did drown, it sort of doesn't feel like enough. It does still feel like you would be giving up on him if we don't ever find him and, yeah, lay him to rest and, yeah, make sure he's peaceful, I think. 
It feels wrong to have sort of left someone unaccounted for in a weird way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Mm. There was other two other things. Only if you mm. have some spare time. Mm. This was a couple of months after Donnie went missing, maybe four or five months after he had been missing. So this person from Lake Boga messaged us on Facebook on Donnie's missing page and he just let us know. He said, look, there's been these two kids approach me in the street and they were asking me for some cigarettes and some water. One of the kids didn't really talk. The other one did most of the talking, but the quiet kid looks exactly like Donnie. Just his hair's a little bit longer and he's wearing, you know, different clothes or whatever. Um, And then we were just like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like, perhaps this is Johnny. It's only 150 kilometres from Achuco. It's a couple of months later. His kid's hair's got longer, you know. It definitely could be Johnny. Mm. So he was just kind of like, all right, well, I gave them that stuff and I might just keep track of, you know, if I can find them again and um, I'll let you know how I go. I might try and befriend them a little bit. So this went on for a couple of days and then it eventually came to the point he was, instead of messaging us, he started writing on Donnie's Facebook page. So it was just like an open group. Anybody could post what they like sort of thing. Mm. So anyway, and he started writing things like, I'm definitely sure this is Donnie. Like, you guys need to come here. This is Donnie. Um, I've left out some water for them, and they've told me that they're staying at this abandoned motel. Whatever. I'm going to keep trying with them, and hopefully I can get to, you know, get to know him and whatever. So he'd asked him to tell the police about his sighting. And just from previous run-ins with the police, we understand once they get wind of something, it does take quite a while for them to, you know, actually narrow down whether it's Johnny or not. So this person had said to us, oh, fantastic, even better. My neighbour is the local police um, here, so I'll tell him all about it and hopefully he can sort of speed the process up a little bit. So that happened. He told us he had told him and the police is going to keep an eye out for him as well. So, again, this goes on for a little while longer and people on the page are like, you know, calling him really heroic and people are wanting to donate money to him so that he can buy food for these kids and so were we. So we're like, oh, we might go and meet this guy and, you know, just have a look around, see if we can find Donnie ourselves. So we drove up there um, and went to this abandoned motel that he said these boys were staying at. Um, and it was actually, there was this abandoned motel and there was, you know, heaps of rooms sort of open and there was mattresses everywhere. And there was this bottle of water and cigarettes sort of left there, just like this guy had said he'd done. Mm. So we really believed it was Donnie. This guy sort of oh, no. said to us, this is definitely Donnie. Everything like that. We were so hopeful. Mum was really hopeful. Mum, I remember she said to us, I've brought all this food for Donnie. Like I've gone and got all his favourite food because I just feel like this This is it. This is Donnie. Anyway, so we rang the police and just said like, you know, we're pretty sure this is Donnie. Can we kind of put this on the priority list? Can somebody come out there and check this out? And the detective had no sort of idea what we were talking about. Mm. Um, and we were tried to go to the police station that day as well, but it was shut, being a tiny little town, I guess. Um, they don't need it, man. But yeah. So anyway, we left and after searching for a little while, and we left some food there ourselves and, yeah, went back to Echuca and had another look around. And anyway, a few days later, we rang the detective again and said, like, you know, have you heard? Can you call this police station um, in Lake Boga? You know, we're really desperate here. Um, and he called us back a couple of hours later and said, look, the police still knew nothing about this guy's sighting. He's gone to this guy's house and unfortunately this guy's admitted that he made the whole thing up. 
Um, oh my god! Yeah, pretty crazy. So we um doesn't stop there. <laughs> we messaged the guy and was like, oh, you know, you should like, can you go and talk to your police friend again? Like, if you think it's Donny, they should definitely look into it. We just kind of thought there was a misunderstanding, and then the guy comes back to us super abusive and um, he was like threatening legal action if we were to put anything about this happening sort of anywhere and if we were to let anybody on the Facebook page know that you know he wasn't being honest and everything so yeah that was really hard to deal with that was probably a moment in time where you just kind of lose faith in humanity a little bit I could lose Um, my mind that is unbelievable yeah really hard unless just those little things like you know mum had gone and got groceries and just, yes. you know, those little Listerine strips and, like, easy mac and stuff and then, you oh. know, just, to, you know, you just wonder what did she do with them. Like, I, it breaks my heart to sort of picture her, you know, yeah. throwing them out or whatever she did with them. And, yeah, so that was really – that <clears throat> was a huge blow to us, I think. Um, so the last thing I thought, if we could kind of end on like a happy note, yes, um, is just this really funny story. Yeah, gorgeous. Um, Donny, that yeah, I remember when it was happening, and I'm only you know a year <laughs> older than Donny. It was just after Christmas, like I think the following day after Christmas, or maybe the one after, but it was stinking, stinking hot, <laughs> it was so hot. And Donny had been gifted this super giant. Uh, water pistol. Remember the ones? And Donny, he was only like five at the time, and his water pistol was like almost as big as he was when it was full of water. I remember he kind of struggled to hold it and couldn't really aim it all that well. And anyway, having seven kids at home, if one of us, you know, or even a couple of us sort of wandered off, I think mum was happy to kind of not question the peace and quiet for a minute. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so Donny was hassling mum all day to take him to the milk bar, and she just kind of refused. So, yeah, little Donnie kind of thought, oh, I'll take myself. <laughs> anyway, so it's just, again, stinking hot day and Donnie's just in this right, bright red pair of jocks, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, he had no shoes on or anything and he was just um, bearing this huge water pistol gun. <laughs> anyway, so he walked it was almost three kilometres up this giant hill um, to this milk bar that we used to go to. And anyway, the story is Donny kind of waited patiently in line at this milk bar in this bright red pair of jocks, no shoes on, this water pistol that he can't even hold up. And when it got to his turn, the, you know, the lady kindly asked him, what, you know, how can I help you? And he pointed the water <laughs> pistol at her and told her that if she didn't give him a lolly python, she was going to get wet. <laughs> and it was then- a stick up. Yeah, it was. <laughs> little five-year-old boy <laughs> with a water pistol. Anyway, so she gave him the lolly snake for Gee. some unknown reason. Yeah, she did, lovely lady. <laughs> um, and then Donnie just kind of stuck around in the milk bar and just like talked to this lady for a little while and he was out in their back room. Um, and she described it as like he was sitting on just one of their chairs in there eating this lolly snake, really chuffed with himself. <laughs> um, and I can picture him little legs dangling and everything, so... He had this conversation with this lady and she was able to get mum's phone number and everything and um, we obviously went up there and picked him up. Um, but for me, it really, like, even now, it just holds so dearly to me, like, this, just how adventurous Johnny was and he was just so brave and full of guts and, you know, tenacity. He wanted it. 
kind of thing. Yeah. It's so, the criminal side wouldn't have continued, but um, <laughs> I think if you look at it lightheartedly. <laughs> it's very naughty, but it's very adorable. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> Yeah, I will. I want to tell you about this really weird thing actually that happened yesterday. So yeah, after we were um, talking, um, and you mentioned like 360 and the music and everything like that. So I was like, I never listened to 360. (laughs) It it does bring up these sort of emotions for me. Um, And I was going for a run yesterday, and I had my um, Spotify on, and I have just like a playlist of this, you know, techno, (laughs) fast paced sort of stuff that. Yeah, you can just kind of zone out of and everything like that. So in amongst all these um, techno songs, a recommended song that just started playing was um, a 360 song. No way. Yeah, and it was so weird. It really resonated, like, um, with everything I think that I had I just told got you. And chills. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was oh. – oh, oh, you should – I would like you to listen to it. But it was definitely like a – you just, you know – You've got to kind of like to me. What I got out of it was like, if it was Donnie, you've got to live life and mm. whatever. Like you never know when it's going to end, and that's okay. Really weird. <laughs> Super weird. Think I wanna cry for help or just try to remind myself There ain't no limit to us now Cause eventually it always comes around Ooh, Whether we die old or whether we die young out of reach but now i'm flying at a thousand feet never looking at the ground beneath see i got rid of all the doubt in me who i was ain't shit and what i'm about to be because growing up all i heard was the same story and if i don't learn well the blame's on me so i started saying yesterday to all the things i said no to yesterday
This is the mystery track that popped into Jacinta's Spotify playlist when she was running the other day. It's Live It Up by Donny Govan's favourite artist, 360. It also features Pez. Good, isn't it? And we have to thank 360 for giving us permission to use the track in this podcast. Missing Donny Govan, that's G-O-V-A-N, is the Facebook page that's run by Jacinta and her family, and that's where you can find all Donny's details. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there.